Hey friends, Ashton here, and welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. Hope you are doing well today. Joining us, a uh, new friend of mine, like as in five minutes ago. His name is Ryder Carroll. He's the creator of the Bullet Journal, which we're going to get to here in a little bit. Um, but just from afar, I, I've, I've loved a few things about this guy. I love the way uh, he leads his life with intentionality. Uh, I love the way he's navigating his life and his business towards meaning and purpose. And uh, just like all of our other guests here, it appears to me that he is one of us asking great big questions and uh, finding out that the questions are the answers themselves at some point. So, uh, with that being said, Ryder, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So, um, I guess for those of us that uh, aren't that familiar with you and your work in the world, um, where do you begin when you introduce who you are and what you're doing out there? <laughs> That's a good question that I haven't thought about in a, in a while. So, I would say that the the easier answer is that I was a digital product designer for 12 years. And, um, in that time I had a passion project that showed people how they can organize their lives using nothing more than pen and paper. It was based on what I've been using for as long as I can remember. And that passion project, uh, was called bullet journal is called bullet journal. And it eventually ended up becoming, my full-time thing when I realized that mm -hmm. it was what I was working on that had the greatest impact. And so I gave up my career and started focusing on this. <laughs> so um, you had developed this personal practice uh, of kind of tracking your life, if you will, uh, with the simplicity of pen and paper. How did it, um, I mean, how did something so simple become a career uh yeah i mean that's a that's a question i'm asking <laughs> myself as well uh you know when i when i when i made bulletjournal.com available you know my my goal was simply to share the tools and techniques that i'd found very helpful in my own life and helping me deal with like very common challenges mostly with productivity at the time and that was it. I built a website and put it online and you can learn it for free. You still can um, on the website. But then over the years, um, I started trying to figure out ways to create things that were valuable to my community. Like my, the community was something I just didn't expect happening. You know, the idea was that I just share this thing and maybe a couple people find it useful and I'm done with it. But what started happening was that groups started forming that adopted my methodology and started using it to solve very specific different types of challenges. So like bullet journal for students, bullet journal for veterans, bullet journal for parents. And a lot of these groups were dealing with very intense and very personal challenges, but using the bullet journal as a platform to help them work through it. And then they'd share their solutions with others and essentially, they, they crowdsourced and the, the um, different ways of approaching all sorts of different challenges. And, I, and, and that was incredibly inspiring to me. You know, and at the middle of this all was me. Right? Mm -hmm. Like it started taking on a life of its own. So eventually I was like, why don't I create another version of this website that's focused on 
the community. Hmm. And if you go to bulletjournal.com today and look at the blog, most of the articles there are, are submitted by the community showcasing all these different ways of using the bullet journal. So what I've been trying to do is create different tools for this community. And one of them, the first product was a notebook. Now it should be said that you can use any notebook you want and that's fine. I I'd much rather you use the notebook you love than the one that I make. Ideally they're the same one, <laughs> but it's not necessary. So the notebook is simply a notebook that helps take away a couple steps from implementing bullet journal in your own life. And that was like the first product. And then I created an app that kind of extends the functionality of a notebook, not to replace it there. It's called the companion app. So that was like another product. And now the book came out. So eventually, you know, I was able to support myself purely from the tools that I was creating. To this day, I, I'm very careful to state that every one of these tools is not required. It can, if it adds value, that's great, but you don't necessarily need to have them. So that's kind of how I balance it out. I create tools that I think can help people, and I'm I'm, I'm privileged to have a very large community that has yeah, a very yeah. large different amount of needs. Yeah. So I try to build things that help them. That's it. Well, <laughs> That's how it turned out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that um, this was a gift that you gave the world. And uh, in return, um, this tribe has kind of risen up. Um, and, and you also give people a lot of agency in this thing, you know, that, that the, the practices, the systems around this thing, um, you invite the reader and the user um, to turn it into what it needs to be for them. Um, so I like that you, you hold your own creation a little bit loosely, um, which I think is a, uh, which is kind of rare for a creator. Um, but I think it's nice that uh, you've basically just said, hey, here's, here's the idea of tracking the past, ordering the present, designing the future. Now, now you run with it. Um, so kudos for that. Um, your th this work really is is uh, intentionality is the word that I keep coming back to, um, and it seems like this was just a system that like maybe one day you just woke up and you're like whoa I didn't even really know that this was how I was navigating my life but it's this system that I've been using. Around the conversation of intentionality, did you arrive at this place? Um, like what led you to your longings of living a life of intentionality? Was it natural or was there some pain that got you here? I mean, I think most of it was pain. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's happiness doesn't really require us to change. You know, when you're in a good place, chances are you're not, you don't want to change anything. Hmm. So I think that, pain and, and challenge are the only ways to move yourself forward. And I, I think for me, you know, at first bullet journal was very much about just becoming organized because that was a source of great pain for me, specifically as a child, because I had pretty bad learning disabilities, right? I was diagnosed with ADD long before it was well understood. So I had to figure out how to manage that. And the way I did that was designing little ways that would allow me to become more focused, take better notes, become more organized. Um, and that was one thing. Uh, eventually, 
I was able to do those things. I got better at it. I, I learned that I was able to not necessarily solve, but significantly mitigate the challenges in my life. And over time, I became a lot more interested, and I would say, I guess, the bigger, more existential questions. And as I started learning a lot more about different religions and philosophies, I noticed that a lot of the different practices bore striking similarity to the, to the different things that I was doing, right? So like in the Bola Journal, mindfulness is like a very big part of it. I didn't have the vocabulary for it at the time, but for example, we, we have daily reflection and introspection and various ways of trying to distance ourselves from our thoughts and to, you know, just be present with our experience to learn from it and to, you know, cultivate our curiosity and, and really study what it is that we are allowing into our lives. And these are concepts that are ancient. <laughs> these are really ancient concepts. The, 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 I guess the thing that's a little bit different about what I'm doing is that I, I've kind of paired mindfulness and productivity mm. in different ways. Because mm. on the one hand, you have this tool that allows you to you know, take your thoughts and declutter your mind and put them onto paper. And on the other hand, in that process, you start having a lot of insight. But insight on itself, in itself, is not really valuable because they're just thoughts. That's right. And like all thoughts, they're susceptible to our memories, which are terrible. But what was nice is like I would have an idea, and then I also had the same tool where I could just like take that idea and put it into action in my life. So for me, intentionality is about aligning our actions with our beliefs. And you know, at first, when I started realizing the overlap between meditation and mindfulness and what I was doing and like other forms of journaling, I started emphasizing those things in my own practice. And over time I realized how like incredibly helpful it was to actually have a platform to execute these ideas on an, on an ongoing basis. You know, it wasn't just like, Oh, this is a great concept. And then six months later, there's like no trace of it in your life. I was able to take an idea put it into practice, see if it in fact added any value to my life, which it often didn't, you know, something sounds good on paper and then in practice makes no sense. And then I could move on to the next thing. So it was, it's strange that this tool had already like appeared for me by that time. You know, like I had this thing that I could use to exercise my beliefs yeah, yeah. and change them. You know, that's another big thing about bullet journaling. It's, it's designed to change alongside with you, which was something from a very early age I needed because I, I was growing and I had different challenges and every system that I had before would either stop becoming useful because my needs changed and I had this tool and now I don't have this tool. So when I designed my own, it was like, okay, what can I create that will just continue to adapt to my changing needs? And, you know, it's blank paper and, pen it's about as flexible as it gets <laughs> so you know all, all yeah, a lot of these it. things just kind of overlapped and i mean it just to be clear it wasn't like one day i was like "Ooh, here's this right methodology it was like a, a year's worth of kind of learning and i very much consider to be the entire the, the entire methodology is still in progress yeah, it's still evolving. Totally, and that's the beauty of it—that it does shift with you as you transform. It can transform as well. And I love this idea of meditation and action, contemplation and action. 
Um, a friend of mine, Richard Ruor, has this center called the Center for Contemplation and Action. One time someone asked him, what's, the, what's more important, contemplation or action? And he said, oh, the most important word is and. <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> that, that um, no, it's both, man. It's, uh, th- this is, and, and really, I've found such freedom to get this interior narrative uh, the, the weight of, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I have so much on my mind. I have so much, you know, fill in the blank. It's been really freeing. And I'm, I, listen, I'm late to the ball with the bullet journal. Um, but I'm a couple weeks in and it's been a really freeing experience, um, each day to even go, oh yeah, and you didn't get to that today. So we're going to move it to tomorrow. And it, it, it shifts with you. Um, and it's just been a really liberating system. Um, what have you What have you learned about this daily pause with pen and paper? Like less stress, more focus, more fulfillment. Where, where, as you've been with this tool now for years, um, what's been some of the great liberation that you've found? I guess I could say that it makes my ongoing dialogue with life more productive mm. and balanced. Very cool. I mean, I, I think that a big source of all of our challenges and struggles are the stories that we tell ourselves, yeah. right? Like an event is usually not good or bad in and of itself. It's what we bring to the event that you know deems it so mm-hmm. right losing your job for example that could be devastating or it could be a new opportunity i mean you know it can be a little bit of both but i realize that by writing things down i i can correct the story more often right is this a bad thing like what exactly can you do about the situation what is in your control what is not in your control like it gives me some space to take a step back and actually see things as they are, you know, was this project a disaster? Okay. If so, why, what would you do different? You know, like one thing that it helped me with is my relationship to failure. Hmm. And, you know, it's, 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 for me, it's a process of learning. I feel like, you know, this, this word failures, it's it's just really unhelpful most of the time because you're going to get most things wrong right? Like you don't get something right unless there's contrast and the contrast is not, you know, it not being right. But the only word we have for that is failure. And for me, it's, it's like, okay, you know, when I was younger, I'd fail. And then like the, the, the story I tell myself is that I am a failure. I cannot Mm -hmm. do this clearly. Now the story is, okay, what went wrong? What will you do better next time? Is this a failure? Right. Like these, these are, it's a very different way of looking at things. And the only way I can do that is by taking a step back, you know, so it allows me to pause. It's helped me go from reacting to responding or getting better at it. At least, you know, I'm not immune to these things. It's just, I notice that the dialogue is much better, especially when things aren't working out well. Like when things are good, I would say it's, it's, not as important as when things are not. Hmm. And that's really where it became interesting to me. Hmm. So you can, you can penetrate those illusions, that narrative and, and actually touch reality. 
I, you know, I would say a reality that that is more forgiving at least, mm -hmm. or at least larger, you know, it's not like we can avoid the chaos of our lives, but I think we can greatly improve our relationship to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that takes work. And what's nice about bullet journaling is that you're encouraged to do it daily. So that's right. you are, you're engaging with these thoughts more regularly, which makes, which takes a lot of the pressure out of it. You know, we are at, we are soul searching in some ways. And when people hear that, they immediately like, you know, turn white. That sounds painful. That sounds scary. That sounds like a lot of work. And the answer is it is, but usually it's because we do it from, we do it when something really bad happens, mm -hmm. right? And we, we start asking why when we've lost something significant. And I feel that if you ask why every day, gently just make it part of your every day when things are good and when things are bad, like you just start building up sort of like this framework of self-awareness, you know, you, you, you end up not being as lost. Hmm. Things are meaningful and you know what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. So you, you know, the more you learn about yourself, the more you know about yourself, the less lost you feel when things really aren't working well. Because you you've, you've practiced this, yeah. you know, <laughs> becoming yourself is requires time. Understanding yourself requires time, and that, that's that's for me that's something that's been helpful. And I can be honest about it's like you're not good at this, and that's okay. You know, do you want to get better at it, or are you just going to accept it this way? And that's a very different conversation than you know what I tended to have and what other people in my community tended to have. talk about uh, uh, just to riff on that a bit about this self-discovery and and allowing this journal to be a mirror for you and I think you kind of also use some verbiage uh, metaphors of like moving from passenger to pilot um, talk to me about this idea of mirroring because I think this is this is really really significant when you start to do a lot of soul work um, of having this space of reflection, having this space uh, and these entries to move you from reactivity to response. Um, hold my hand on this idea of this practice, this tool, this system, um, mirroring things for you. Sure. I think, though, you know, we live in a time where we almost worship productivity, right? And because of how much technology we have available to us. Essentially, we can be busy always, constantly. You know, like I know people who like the last thing they do before they go to sleep is like, you know, check their email. And even though technology can be wonderful, you know, it's wonderful at connecting us with the world around us. It's not very good at helping us connect with the world within, mm. right? Like <laughs> we keep getting further and further and further away from ourselves and the problem with that is that we kind of don't have the opportunity to actually think about what it is that we're doing yeah, yeah. you know we, we we may know what we're working on but we don't know why we're doing it and that's that's really important because you can be very productively working for days months even years towards goals that are completely empty and it's happened in my own life as well 
you know, after two years of working on a startup, I launched and the next day I showed up and I'm like, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Right. And, and I realized that I had just been letting so many things into my life automatically. And part of those things were, I guess, what I would call automatic goals, right? Like these mm-hmm. goals that we just kind of accept into our lives due to our culture or our Instagram feeds or whatever, you know, we, we take other people's goals. And then when we accomplish them, they don't mean anything. We're sitting there scratching our heads. It's like, oh, I bought a house and I'm <laughs> even more unhappy now. You know, it's like, where did that come from? I've been working for this for like five years. So for me, reflection is about just like taking a step back and starting to understand why you're doing what you're doing. But just as importantly, becoming very mindful about what you're letting into your life. So reflection is, is on the one hand, you're looking at the things that you're putting into your notebook, like on a very technical level throughout the day, you're just offloading your thoughts onto paper. And then in when we do our daily reflection, which happens in the morning and the evening, we take an opportunity to actually look at that, you know, like what value is this adding? Does this matter? Is this vital? And then the question that everybody loves, what would happen if I just didn't do this ever, right? <laughs> if the answer is nothing, you know, why is it there? The idea is to like continuously be shedding distractions so you can spend more and more time on the things that you actually, that actually matter to you. Mm-hmm. And then to be very clear here, it's not about working on things that make you happy it's working on things that you believe in, which doesn't have to be the same thing. And I think that's also very important to realize, you know, because you could have a terrible job, but you, you're doing it because it's serving a purpose that is really important to you. You know, you're not just showing up there because you're supposed to. So it's, it's you know, it's the old quote, if you know, the, what is it, the why, then you can suffer, then you can endure any yeah. what? Yeah. That? Yeah. How? Yeah. Oh, sorry. yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the idea of reflection is that a you are reflecting on the things that you're allowing into your life, but at the same time, you are seeing your life on paper, right? You are seeing a literal reflection of what your experience is currently like, and that can be a really powerful thing, you know, because a lot of our lives are just lived on the fly and are lived in our minds. And we're, our, we're doing our best to catch up these days, right? We, ha- we, we have access to unlimited technology, but we are very limited. Now, let me be clear. I don't think that technology is bad. I think that our relationship with technology is. So basically, to, to boil it all down, reflection is there to give us an opportunity to take a step back from our lives and look at it and study it and examine it for us to ask what do we want more of? What do we want less of? What are the distractions? What's actually adding value to our life? You know, and do that on a regular basis because they're written in black and white is a record of your life. And if you don't like what that looks like, then you have an opportunity to start to change the narrative Hmm. in some small way. Like, how are you going to change? Why do you not like it? Okay. You figure out why you don't like it. What are your options here? Okay. Great. Here are my options. What are the next steps? And you're doing that every day. You're course correcting on an ongoing basis. And I think that's really, that can be very powerful. You're not at the mercy of your experience. You actually 
can take back and have a lot more agency over your life if you just take the time to, you know, put in the work. That's right. I think I started a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. And this idea is that just changing something 1% a day literally creates exponential change in a very short amount of time. Um, mm. And um, I, I love, I mean, one of the biggest things that, that I've taken away from uh, the practice and your writings in, in the book is what have I automatically allowed in? And how much of my pain, aggravation, and frustration I can directly tie to things I've automatically allowed in. Um, and I've always said that no will, you know, no, yes will make our life, but no will save our life. And this is just another reminder uh, of maybe, maybe my first response in most things needs to be no. <laughs> uh, is this, do I, does this need to enter my life now? Um, and what better way to keep track of it than every day reflecting on such things? Man, you have it written down. I mean, part of the reason why, you know, very practically is like, cause we forget things, you know? So for me, it was like, my memory is terrible. So essentially writing things down, it's like, Oh, right. I, I have, I have a moment to consider this thing as opposed to somebody, cause a lot of times, at least in, in my own life, an opportunity arises and it's not like in the movies where somebody's like, you know, you press the button or you don't. You know, usually the way a conversation goes, like, here's an opportunity. Take a minute to think about it. Let me know how you feel. And in in a past life, that take the time to think about it would essentially, you know, not exist. They would ask me once and then I wouldn't think about it. And then they'd ask me again. And I'd be like, uh, knee jerk reaction. But now it's like, huh, I, you know, I have a couple minutes even. And that, that couple of minutes can make all the difference. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about hours of work here. It's, oh, right. That person offered me a thing to it, you know, thinking about it. And you have the rest of your day there, right? Or your month. So you're like, well, this opportunity is great, but I have a lot of other things going on that I can clearly see laid out for me. Maybe this is not the best time. Maybe I can do it another time or, you know, maybe I don't do it at all. So it just gives you more flexibility. So you don't have to constantly be reacting. Absolutely. I love it. So who would you, um, in my senses uh, is the answer is everyone, but maybe uh, who would you invite, uh, to give this system and practice, uh, a spin? Um, maybe, maybe someone that's in a specific pain point, they feel overwhelmed, overworked, confused. Who, who is it that you would say, Hey, give this a shot for 30 days. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess the first thing is it's not for everyone and the people it's not for those who are not interested, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to convince people to do it. Good word. But what I am here is like I try to support the people who are interested to get the most out of it. Um, I think that everybody has a challenge and the whole platform is designed for you to overcome your challenge. So yes, um, it can be helpful to everyone, but I guess I would reframe my answer as how would I invite people to try it? And the way I would do that is to articulate a need, like really figure out what you want it to do for you. And that can be based on a very specific challenge. And then you just start with that. You know, some people start with bullet journaling, see, you know, they go on Pinterest or Instagram, they see these incredibly elaborate examples out there with people who have like tons and tons of different collections, which are basically the, 
the Lego blocks of the system, you know, they're, they're, they're very few of them at the core, but people keep adding things, you know, to track anything from like glasses of water to how many movies they watch. And that can seem very overwhelming. So I would just start with one thing, start with your need. If it's, you know, if you're forgetting things, start by writing down your thoughts. If you're getting overwhelmed, then, you know, start by just keeping lists of things and starting with the daily reflections to edit down those lists. You know, the, the, the original tutorial video, which is still online for free, is four minutes long. So if you see that, take the thing that you think would be valuable and start with that. And if that's valuable, maybe you start adding other pieces. But that's, that's my advice to anybody who would be interested. Perfect. Ask yourself for you. Right on, right on. So um, I take it your own website, ridercarol.com and the uh, bulletjournal.com, best places to get familiar with you and your work and everything we've been talking about. Yep. Right on. Um, I ask this to almost everyone that comes on the show and uh, excited to hear your answer. Um, before we go, what advice would you give to your younger self? Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Beautiful. Beautiful. Hey, before you go, don't forget to hit subscribe right there on your phone. That's probably where you're listening. Uh, And if you enjoyed this, would you mind leaving us a review? One of the things that we're wanting to do is get this information out to as many people as we can. And we are finding that uh, when people leave good, true, and beautiful reviews, uh, that helps us get this information out more and more to people all across the world. I do not take it lightly uh, that you invite me to ride shotgun with you in your car. Uh, You allow these conversations to be a part of your jogs. You allow these conversations to be a part of the communities and families and businesses that you've been entrusted. Uh, I do not take that lightly at all, and I am thrilled uh, that you have joined us here at this table, at this conversation. There's always a seat left. There's always room for more, uh, and we are just so grateful for you guys joining us here at Good, True, and Beautiful. And as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid. Listen to the bluebirds sing and be love.